This episode of Speakers of Fidelin is made possible by our generous patrons. Special thanks to our supreme and master speakers, Omeji Cat Comet, Erizu Yamakawa, Circuit Barakil, Remy Asalia, Arcadia Lunashine, Alex Franco AV, Winebow Brood, Psyche, Asuta Starbreeze, Cletus Oreo, Nina Grimstarter, Nat Clay, Lily Black, Bob Cece, Mikto Rabantau, Sapa Chakwatol, Edwin, Umbral Wind, Quick Levin, Pamela Isley, Camille Grinnell, Elenriel Maximus, Codrith Novelis, Mira Mary, Bay Barbalay, Suno Chicano, Celestao Notrell, Lazy Boy, a bag of Dragonite, Luke Osborne, Pandalu Stormarrow, Tex, Yowie Wowie, Kai Lin, AJ Brainswordson, Anathus Moonscar, Arthur Law, Beridan Derard, and Saipup. Support the show and become a patron today at patreon.com slash speakersxiv. Thank you. This is Speakers of Good evening, Aorcians. Welcome to Speakers of Fidelin, episode 273. I am Lukiel Bravestone, and I'm joined today by Georgi Wiston, Mail of Anadar, and Rollo Des. Hello. Uh, welcome, everyone. It is uh, November 13th, 2021, and I don't want to, you know, bring the mood down, but uh, today would have been the last episode before early access <laughs> so just as a yeah. reminder of what we have lost mm. um oh, but so sad yeah this feels familiar <laughs> <laughs> uh yes but uh fear not uh we will hopefully make the weight uh less unbearable um today uh our main topics uh the famitsu interview we started on a couple of weeks ago uh, translated by Ak Morning. We'll continue that. That's the lore interview with Yoshi P. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, updates to the schedule for 14 uh, in the wake of the uh, delay announcement. And we will be, of course, reading your mug mail. Remember to stay tuned for the post show. We'll be answering questions from the syndicate. Um, yeah, that's that. That's all, uh, that's all we have for uh, the intro. Let's uh, get into recent events. All right. So, um, there was a post on the Lodestone about the updates to the schedule now, uh, following the postponement of the Endwalkers release, <laughs> of the Endwalker, of Endwalkers release. Um, I'll just read it now. Uh, this is about, uh, well, everything, really. Um, uh, we would like to share updates on how the recently announced delay for Endwalker will affect ongoing events and campaigns. Regarding Endwalker pre-orders, for any questions regarding existing pre-orders, we ask that you please contact your retailer directly. Well, we can talk about that briefly because an email was sent out um, a few days ago um, uh, uh, letting you know that they will start charging uh, for the pre-orders on the 15th. That is on Monday the 15th. Uh, if you haven't already paid for it, they will attempt 
uh, to charge on the fifteenth. If not, I think they said that they will make multiple attempts. So yeah, yeah. So but if, if you... they don't do that, they'll cancel your order. Yeah. So make sure mm-hmm. you you have your cards and everything set up mm. so that you do don't some extra miss hours out. at work Re- if you're. Especially, shot. especially if you pre-ordered the collector's box, because that shit's limited as fuck. <laughs> so make sure you don't miss out on that if you have it. Um, all right. So the Adventure Jumpstart sale uh, will not be extended, which is kind of awkward. So uh, it will end on 19th of November at 8 a.m., uh, which is another like reminder. Like, oh, yeah, it was supposed to end... <clears throat> on the launch day. Some last minute adjustments. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's still ongoing, but it will end on the 19th. Uh, Moogle Treasure At 8 Trove. 8 a.m. 8 a.m. That's odd, isn't it? Because the game wouldn't be available. Well, that's 8 a.m. GMT. Yeah, that's probably, yeah. Mm, that's true. Because we'd be down for maintenance at least until 10 a.m. GMT. Well, remember, the, the yeah, that's true, but the sale can still go on. You don't have to go no, in-game. No, yeah, it's just, I'll just buy a few boosts because i got nothing else to do <laughs> that's true that's weird i mean remember there will be probably a 24-hour maintenance so while you're there yeah. you're like maybe i'll jump a character when i get onto endwalker i don't yeah. know um okay the moogle treasure trove will um be extended so it will be it will be available until the beginning of patch 6.0 uh so uh start of early access so that means the you, you still have until the december 3rd to get your mm. mog tomes, and also <laughs> we talked about we did say this um, last week, but uh, because um, because of the delay, uh, All Saints Wake will, is scheduled to be held around late January 2022. <laughs> uh, Whoa, that <laughs> I'm dreaming of a late Christmas. <laughs> the Starlight late Halloween. Yeah, well, it's Halloween. The Starlight Celebration. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we're getting Halloween in January, Rollo. The Starlight Celebration and Heaven's Turn are scheduled to be held during their usual timing, and further details regarding each event will be announced later. So there's been a lot of speculation Dill. about why they're why they're like doing why they're so insistent on still doing All Saints Wake when it's so late. Do you think it's because it ha- like some of the rumors that people are going off? I mean, it's kind of a joke, but also maybe is it because it has lore implications? Oh, I don't think so. I think it's well, they won't they work now. That's true because it's post launch. To me, this makes little sense because th- it was always supposed to be post launch. Yeah, it was. Oh, that's yeah, true, actually, yeah. Which I yeah, okay. It just has to line up with the timeline of like, oh, it has to it has to be after Endwalker comes out. So. Yeah, but it, yeah, mm-hmm. it's weird. And because... you can't do it in December because the game would have launched, and then you'll be people will still be doing the still be playing the game. Yeah, so yeah. it has to be later. So. I I yeah. definitely think it will mention something in the MSQ or something that will will come up. That wouldn't make sense yeah. to have like a year from now because it would be outdated, maybe. Who knows? Because well, I because fourteen it now. No, well, well, that's very. For when fourteen, they they if they can like reuse things or save things for later, they will. But so this is weird to me because they they didn't have All Saints last year. So I feel like it's not well, that yeah. important. It's usually Just... not that important for them. That's well, All Saints. What they specifically like... said is that they put a lot of effort into this. There's like this some sort of instance and like i feel like the people that worked on the instance would feel bad if it wasn't used so like wasn't and didn't end up being used now 
in before that instance is just the haunted house again. I don't think. I think they're trying to make up for us losing a really. It's good possible. Holiday. We we didn't we didn't get it last year, so maybe that's why. Yeah, but why not push it back and do All Saints <clears throat> at Christmas and Christmas in January? Why does it? Yeah, have why to, does Starlight have to like hit have bang to on? Around? Because All Saints is the only one that's not actually tied to a date in the universe. That's true. Uh, mm. I suppose. Well, All Saints yeah, is whatever. tied to the traveling void scent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we'll sync back up to whatever plan they originally had eventually. Yeah. So. Well, I can, I can see the logic of, like, it's better for them to move All Saints, because otherwise, if they were to, like, do All Saints first, then the whole chain is moved. So, like, we have yeah. Starlight in January and Heaven's Turn, which mm -hmm. makes no sense, like, further down. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Yeah. Well, anyways, there you go. Uh, we'll have uh, All Saints on January. Sorry, in January uh, 2022. Um. Also on the dev blog, I know you don't know you never hear from this place, <laughs> so uh, you should. Um, the lyrics for um, um, the Endwalker theme, um, "Footfalls," has mm. been released. We're not going to read through all the lyrics today and analyze them. Maybe that's something we can do. Maybe next week we have this interview is very long, so we we don't have time to go sit here and analyze the lyrics. But um, there are lyrics on the dev blog. Um, I'll read the the introduction um, from the dev blog. Hello everyone, this is oh god, Voltanine from the community team. Over the past few weeks, we revisited the lyrics for the for the theme songs of each expansion as we prepare ourselves for Endwalker. In this final blog of our lyrical journey, we present to you the lyrics of Endwalker Footfalls. To clarify, there are two versions of Endwalker. Endwalker is the version of the song that focuses on the new melody composed for Endwalker, and Endwalker Footfalls is the full version of the song that was used in the full trailer. Both versions of the main theme will be made available on Wednesday, November 17th as a 7-inch vinyl single, along with a download code for the MP3 version, so be sure to check it out. Um, here's a comment uh, from lead story designer uh, Ishikawa, who proposed the original lyrics. As hinted by the inclusion of footfalls in the title, this song traces our steps and is a key in gaining a better understanding of the tracks in Endwalker. Combine its melody with the various tracks you'll hear throughout your adventure, and perhaps you'll discover the true form of each song. I hope your journey to uncover the truth will be an enjoyable one till the very end. Natsuko Ishikawa, lead story uh. designer. Yeah. So, assumedly, the non-Footfalls version is the one that doesn't feature all the little interludes to mm. the previous themes. Yeah, I think mm. so. Also, also, I like to imagine uh, Ishikawa writing the lyrics to the Stormblood section of the song. Oh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, we'll read, we'll read the lyrics next week, uh, probably. I'm not promising that. Depends on what happens uh, this week. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's that. Uh, but wait, there's more, um, more, more downscaling, <laughs> more, more downscaling and mid-level EXP information uh, on the lodestone. Oh God, not again, because they're terrified that you won't, um, that you don't know uh, somehow. Well, that is true. A lot of people don't watch the live letters. Um, but mm. then the argument is also a lot of people don't read the lodestone. So. Yeah. Well, hey, they're trying. The they readers... can only do so much. But some people watch the podcast, and they yes. will, they will know now. Yes. Primary yeah. source. 
they want to iterate it as often as possible because we all know that on launch day there will be people saying, "Why is why did number go down? Why, why has my experience oh my been God. reset?" Yep, yep. There's gonna be that guy. He logs in. He's like, "My belts." Yep. My XP. <laughs> Wait, what, no one tell me what the fuck <laughs> wait there's a new expansion out <laughs> um okay as previously announced patch 6.0 will be introducing measures to control the inflation of in-game values da- this downscaling will result in numerical values appearing smaller than before but will not impact overall game balance in the 67th letter from the producer live held on Friday, November 5th, we explained that EXP downscaling will involve overwriting the player character database. Ideally, each character's current EXP levels should be individually assessed, adjusted, and overwritten to fit the new value scale. However, since every character has over 35 pertinent data sets, the total number of sets to be analyzed would, be, would exceed 2 billion, over 10 billion bytes of data, making case... How much by- is that in gigabytes? <laughs> Oh, a lot. A lot. About bytes is not a about useful one maybe. <laughs> one one gigabyte? I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, a lot of giggle bits. Yeah, a lot of giggle bits. Uh, are you gonna it's do ten gigabytes? Ten gigabytes. All right, there you go. Making case by case adjustments uh, unfeasible. Instead, uniform adjustments will be implemented, which will cause any EXP accumulated between levels to be reduced to zero for all players. We apologize for the inconvenience this may cause, and thank you for your understanding. Values affected by downscaling. HP, HP, and damage dealt. Numerical values relating to battle, gear, materia, attributes, effects of meals, healing items, enemy HP, attack, potency, etc. will be smaller. Number go down. Number go down. Oh. No, yeah. I've been bad. Yeah. Sad day for number people. <laughs> recipe progress and quality. Numerical volu- uh, values relating to crafting, recipe difficulty, maximum quality, progress quality, increase via actions, etc. will be smaller. That's right, crafters. Aww. Number go down. <laughs> Required and earned EXP. Numerical values relating to EXP earned by Disciples of War and Magic, Disciples of the Hand and Land, Retainers and Trust NPCs will be smaller and the EXP required to level up will be commensurately, commensurately lower. Number go down oh. for everyone. Interesting choice of words. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's big PP energy using that. Yeah. Using those Yoshi words. P- yeah. Yoshi Big PP. Mid-level EXP uh, reset. When the character database is overwritten upon the release of patch 6.0, any EXP accumulated between levels beforehand will be reset... Reset? (laughs) I can't reset. Reset to zero. When when the word reset is like right before the word zero, I always say reset. Because I always read ahead. Zero. Reset... To zero. This includes job slash class EXP for Disciples of War and Magic, class EXP for Disciples of the Hand and Land, retainer EXP, trust avatar EXP. Only EXP accumulated. Guys, I forgot they were called avatars. Yeah. They're avatars. No one says that. Um, Only EXP accumulated between levels will be affected. Levels themselves will be unaffected by the reset. Certain kinds of. Imagine if they went back to one. That would be <laughs> that would be funny. Unfortunately, we have to reset all of your levels. 
certain kinds of EXP will not be subject to a reset. This includes EXP accumulated by Chocobo companions and Grand Company squadrons. Thank goodness. <laughs> EXP used to level up in deep dungeons or the Forbidden Land Eureka, metal earned at the Bosian Southern, Southern Front, or in Sadnor and PvP EXP. So there you go. You don't have to worry. I saw a lot of people worry about uh, their metal and Eureka EXP. Things that they're not will not be not changed. Them. No, because that that's that's that's, there because they're not increasing that's, anymore. That yeah, that's also because it's its own contained system. They don't have to. That's not the system we're squishing. Also, remember Eureka and and Bosia are like off the scale in terms of damage, especially Eureka. You're making you're ridiculous oh, you damage. Can... <laughs> well. The numbers in Eureka will still be affected by your stats, so they will That's also true. go down. They will go down. Number go down. Number go down. I'm tired. <laughs> number go down too much. When will number go up? Um, <laughs> yes. So in order to mitigate the amount of EXP lost, players are encouraged to level up to the nearest attainable level before the release of patch 6.0. We thank you for your patience and wish you a smooth leveling journey. I will say that's yep. why that sale is on. Yeah. Because um, they're like, oh, I have I'm like one quarter into level 65 i can't be bothered i'll just buy i mean it's on sale yeah. what's you know i'll buy it yeah it's gone, gone. i have to say the fact that squadron exp is not affected by that makes me think they're never touching it again probably not for a while at least true I like squadrons too mm. i quite like i do them. too Except, uh cecily um, <laughs> be nice i get i get it all and I understand they don't want to go through and manually set every thing, but mm. 10 gigabytes of data, surely they have the processing power to sort through. 10 gigabytes what? per person, That's per a character? Lot of Is that per character? Yeah. That's, that's probably individual. Like okay, no, that's fine then. Oh, no, that's fine then. That's yeah. <laughs> that if is it was a lot. total. <laughs> yeah, no. That if that was total, that would be embarrassing <laughs> if they couldn't deal with yeah. that. Well, it'd be also impressive. Uh, yes, yeah, that's some good compression. That they could fit everyone's data in ten gigabytes. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, we did uh, mention the um, uh, collectors or the pre-orders. I don't know if there's anything to to say uh, to add to that. Um, oh yeah, should talk about the Endwalker's collection box because there was some clarification on that. Um, the f because of the, the shifted date, uh, the Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker Collector's Box is scheduled to release on December 7th, 2021. However, due to ongoing global supply chain issues, we are yeah. facing some challenges in meeting this release date. The teams are doing everything they can to deliver the physical box around the scheduled release date, but please be aware that there is a possibility of a delay. Please note that the Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker registration code will be provided digitally on the updated release date of December 7th, 2021. This will not be affected uh, by any delay to the physical collector's box. Um, That's fine. Yeah. I don't mind. I mean, the world is in the state that it is. So, uh, For all I care, it can arrive in January as long as I can play Yeah, because it, yeah, you don't yeah. have to wait for the game anymore. Uh, so, the code whatever. will be given to us. Yeah, yeah. that will be on in the, the 7th. Days, you had to... Uh, you almost had to buy a digit like another version of the game if it didn't arrive in the early access period. Can you imagine that like outrage? Like I have to, I can't play Endwalker till January. Yeah, it's on back order. Yeah. Oh yeah. You also should. You probably shouldn't expect your your Endwalker um, 
box to arrive in time because we're also crashing into uh, Christmas season. So oh, God. Post- mm-hmm. Postal Service has a lot of packages to send around. So, yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, there you go. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You'll, you'll get it eventually. Um, it's not like it's uh, essential to the game. All right. That is... Uh, also, make sure your address is up to date. I mean, it's been a while oh, since yeah. you pre-ordered. The pre-orders opened in March. Yeah, you could have moved tasks. So and it, your payment types too. So and you your like payment card. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Go. Maybe you should check go in and check. Yeah. And if you don't, you. if you don't want to wait until the fifteenth, by the way, you can always debit now from the mm-hmm. from the website as well. If you don't want to wait. All yeah. right. Mm-hmm. There we go. Uh, let's uh, let's read at least a one mug mail before we get on to the interview. Uh, remember to send us mugmail, speakersexavideo.com slash mugmail. <clears throat> God. Is this correct? Yes. Uh, this is from Kanal Raha from Brynhildr. Hello, Georgi, Rolly, Rolly, <laughs> Miss Mela, it's and me. Akil. <laughs> oh, I'm Dur- a widow. Dur- yes, you are. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, during the discussion last week, it was mentioned how the in-game report Which function. Week? This That's is true. from when we talked about uh, the stalker stuff. So, uh, oh, okay. <clears throat> uh, it's convoluted and annoying to use. It reminded me of the one instance where I actually took the time. This is unrelated to the kind of unrelated. It's just a, an anecdote. So that's why I chose to read it. Uh, where I actually took the time to report someone after encountering a quote unquote hacker in uh, 08 uh, normal. I started playing around Stormblood launch, so by the time I got through the MSQ, this was the first raid tier I played as it was released. Having only played Bard and White Mage, my knowledge of other jobs was still fairly limited. While playing White Mage in a particularly uh, death-heavy run of Kefka, I noticed something suspicious. There is a Red Mage resting people super quickly, almost back to back. I couldn't believe it. I knew they could race people, but two or three in quick succession? No way. This guy is fishy. He must be hacking or something. I thankfully was too timid to call him out mid-fight and decided to just report him after the fight. I took the time to write a fairly detailed report against this monster and horror I had witnessed. While there was no way to know, I hoped justice would catch up to him. Later down the road, as I branched into playing other jobs, I decided it's finally time to try Red Mage. Almost immediately after seeing how dual cast works, I remember that god that goddamn no. hacker and realized my no. mistake. I was shook. <laughs> I can only hope the employee that read my report got a good chuckle out of it. And since that day, I praise Red, Ma- Red Mages that you will cast for race. To add a discu- uh, discussion question, are there any standout moments where misunderstanding a game mechanic caused you to embarrass yourself, XIV or otherwise? Nah, you've that got funny. that guy banned permanently. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, that's funny, though. I'm sure the GM who read that just was like, no. That's normal, dude. <laughs> you fool. <laughs> you fool. Um, that caused me to embarrass. I feel like there's uh, always. Well, I mean, something. there's loads for Luke Hill. Yeah, I mean, most of mine are like documented. jumping in Alan Wake all the time. Talking about this. Oh yeah, it's just fourteen year old. That's, that's embarrassing. That is not misunderstanding. Well, it kind of is, isn't it? <laughs> I kept. I, this is, that made me laugh every you have to, time. I have to explain. Yeah, Mela. Like, there's some moments where Mela like actually loses it. But there, uh, in we played Alan Wake briefly during Spooktober, and uh, I don't know why it happens. But every, I th- 
I don't know. Actually, no. You jump with space bar, so it wouldn't make any sense for me to just randomly press it. But every now and then, I think it's because you're locked into like um, uh, a scene or something every now and then, like a cutscene. And then I, I just instinctively press space bar, and Alan Wake just goes... And this is a really serious, like a relatively serious game, so it doesn't look good when the man just keeps jumping. Um, but that wasn't because I misunderstood the mechanic. That's just me being me, yeah. I guess. Um... Anyone else? Hmm. <sighs> See, I'm sure it's happened, but I can't think of any right now. No, I oh, uh, yeah, I know I, for sure. Yeah, go on. I, I had one definitely like around yeah. the start when I started playing a 14. Uh, I think everyone at least somewhat goes through this, but I definitely went the extra mile. Um, was doing the sightseeing log uh-huh. for a realm reborn. And I remember just I was just going through the list of like, oh, well, I'll just I'll go to this one. Okay, I'll go to this one. I'll go to this one. And then I got one that was past the first 20. And I didn't know at the time. And I was like, why can't I? Oh, you. <laughs> I'm, oh. I'm doing slash lookout. Yeah. Why is it? Mm. Is it a bug? Mm. Is it glitched? Mm. So I sent a fucking ticket. <laughs> Oh, no. I, like, I, th- I think this isn't working. <laughs> nice. I think they ever replied to me, but no. you know what? I, 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 shortly after, I was like, why can't I fucking get this one? It's like, oh, because you have to get the first fucking 20, which, by the way, still bullshit. I hate th- Why is Rumble Born sight logs that bad? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it is bad. I think the Rumble Born ones are fine if they weren't time locked. That's the worst part about them. Mm hmm. I think they're the best ones in terms of exploratory content because they give you like these clues to find where it is. Yes, yeah. I agree with you there. Yeah. But everything else about them sucks. <clears throat> I I rem- uh, this isn't like this isn't embarrass well it's embarrassing and no during cutscenes in a realm reborn I thought that to progress the text dialogue, I had to move my cursor with the little speech bubble down onto the the, the thing and click on it. Uh, I did that for like all of like level one through fifty in a realm reborn. That was that was a big moment for me when I realized that I didn't actually have to click that, uh, and also realized that I don't even actually I don't have to click at all. I can just press like numpad zero. I don't even like you can press mm. yeah numpad zero. I felt that epiphany when I realized I could right click when you do the handover thing. Oh my god, that too! That, that too! Was, wasn't that like a recent addition, like in Heavensward or something? No, no, it was, no, it it was, was always there. Was it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm pretty sure that was that was a big moment as well because I would drag and drop, drag and drop. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I don't think there's anything that's like been like disruptive in like a dungeon because I'm too big, big of a fool to understand. There are the mechanics game. that I've found out about later on that I just happened. But that's normal right though. or ignore. But yeah, that's not. It's never. That's how you learn really. a fight. Yeah, I've never been like blatantly like this. It's definitely this guy. Right. It's very much this. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's this. Yeah. Like yeah. if. At some point, I'll give in and be like, okay, I'm, I'm wrong. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you, uh, Quinnell Raha. Um, that's it. That's all the time we have for mail huh? today. What? Oh, not even one okay. more. Um, Just to give him, because come on, one's not very much. We, I know no one, yeah. one's not very much, but we also have to keep time. 
Uh, okay, let's do one more. Um, eh, if we're over time, it's Mela's fault. Whoa. This one's from no one. The void. Never mind, I broke the whole Mela thing. Mela broke. Okay, it's over. <laughs> Mela's broken. The 13th. Uh, there we go. From a Moon Bunny okay. Chan from Balmung. <clears throat> I always oh. knew in some vague yeah. sense that Garlemald was technologically advanced. They had Magitech after all, but I guess it never occurred to me how that would translate over to civilian life as well. Now that we've seen what, that they had cars, what appears to be a subway or at the very least some sort of rail service, and what very much looks like basically a modern day city, it struck me as just how weird that really would be. Imagine if Canada was like it is now, but the United States was still living a basically medieval existence. <laughs> I kind of get where their sense of superiority came from. Not saying yeah. that makes invasion okay or anything, but it was driving. But if I was driving a car and my southern neighbors were riding chickens, <laughs> I think I might feel a little superior too. My question is this. Let's say Garlemald wasn't an evil, evil empire, or at least no more so than a modern real-world country. Would you prefer to, prefer to live in a city with lots of tech but no magic, or magic but very little tech? That's a very interesting That's question. That's a good question. Uh, mm. I think, yeah, I after seeing Garlemald, it makes sense how they view Eorcia as like little... Uh, but remember what they can't do. They can't use magic. magic. That's important. Yes. Like, yeah, they've got a, you know, a technological city. But it doesn't mean their lives are cushy. I mean, mm. in my Aeosian home, I can, like, fireball the fireplace. You mm -hmm. know, and they have to pump the cerulean tanks. Yeah, but, like... You're not your if your average Joe can't do that, though. Like, like, magic is something you gotta, like... You gotta be good well, at it. Yeah. The vast majority of Aeosians can't use magic. Mm-hmm. I also feel like, um, like the lifespan of Aeorsians is quite low, and if we were to live in a Garlemald that didn't have wars to kill people in, yeah, you'd probably live quite a bit longer than you would if you lived in yeah. Aeorsia. We're talking about a neutral Garlemald, where we literally have the standard of living that Garlemald essentially had versus Aeorsia. I think Without I would conscription. Yeah, without conscription, we would. I think, I think I'd prefer Garlemald. You'd have, we'd have air conditioning. So we'd have trains. Hey, listen, I'm a slut for public transportation. Yeah, so I right. Of course, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Garlemald. magic's cool and all, but like, <laughs> built around cars, brother. There are there are entire road systems. They do have highways, listen. but they also have trains, and they're like there's like a metro system. I want to goes because we've only, from what we've seen, Garlemald, the city center of Garlemald is quite small. Well, that's, I mean, yeah, that's but they're lazy because the, yeah, they're implying that it's larger. <laughs> you, it's an MMO. You, are we suddenly going for size? Look at Limsa. <laughs> Limsa's like <laughs> a park. Where do people hey. live in Limsa? <laughs> exactly. Magane has some pretty good scale. Kugane... Because there's all that Kugane. shit behind all those walls that you can't see. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. like, you're at the docks when you're in Kugane, but, like, you go, like, the, the fucking Gerdania, like, where... Yeah, where do anyone... Where, where does anyone where live? Where does someone sleep? Yeah. Hey, there's fucking... There's there's that nice place that the person outside is like, you're too common to go in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's where yeah. everyone else lives. But also, we don't uh, see the other half of... Like, there's a lot of Garlemald that's just destroyed. There's a massive tower in the way that's, like, destroyed mm. a lot of it. So, 
yeah. I and also I think there is a subway map or something in the subway section. I think I saw that in one of the. Oh. Uh, mm. Yeah. So. I think Limsa is the only city state that I feel like is not very well scaled. Yeah. 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 It's like a star and makes sense because it's like they have like the big basic like hotel thing they built. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. you can be like, oh, okay, well, most people just and they... live in yeah. There are also the, all these residential districts in the distance that you can see, but you can't access. Yes, yeah. that's true. Maybe Yulemore's not that well scaled. Well, apparently there's a you lot. You skip a couple of floors. Us. Yeah. Yeah, that's the trouble. You skip floors on it. So yeah. It's, but it's, yeah, a little more arbitrary. Yeah. Um, well, on the inside, I feel like Yulemore feels larger than Limsa. Just it even does. though it is yeah, small, it feels like less, yeah, feels like larger. one whole floor is just like a barracks. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And one whole floor is the crafting district or whatever. So, Melo, you want to live in Eorzea then? No, I said Garlemald. Oh, you did say Garlemald. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because maybe I think like it's on an the important... outskirts. Yeah, I don't. Oh, no, I wanted to live in the city. I want to have ah, everything Garl- available. Garlian suburbs. Yeah. Garlian suburbs. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... What do you mean, Rollo? I won't have a lawn. It's snowy. True. That's true. Do we I know mean, what the uh, climate is like? It's always here. snowy. Yeah, go on, Rollo. If you had to deal with magic like in Eorzea, you'd be like in Gardania and you have to fucking listen to Kane Senna or whatever and those little people talking about stupid white magic and shit. <laughs> like, I don't... Like, ooh, the twelves would... Ooh, uh-huh. the, the forest. Like, what? I just, yeah. I'm just trying to live. Ugh. Why do I gotta listen to the forest? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna yeah. tell them my kettle. You don't... <laughs> You don't even have to, like, worry about shit like that. There are no elementals. There are no icons in Garlemald yeah. either. So you're like, just chill. Um, I think if I was to live in Eorzea, I would prefer to live in Gridani because I feel like every other city-state has its own problems. Yeah. And Gridani, the only thing you have to contend with is the elementals. Yeah. 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 That's true. Uh, also... It shows that it's not very good to have a fantasy game with a super high-tech empire all the time. Well, that's why they destroyed it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's mm, why yeah. we we never get to experience that. Um, yeah. Also important to note that while Aorians can master magic, you still have to master it. You are not just born as a, as a sorcerer. You yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, unless you're a pagel. Unless yeah. you're a pagel. Oh god, but that's like the fear though. Like, One in a million at best. Yeah. If you live in Gridania, oh, there's no, like I, I don't even think there's that many people in Aorian. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> what? There's at least a million people in Eorzea. What? But there is like a this threat. Like if you live in Gridania and you're a hero, there's like, oh, my my child might become a pagel. Is that... <laughs> that's, they want that. Yeah, that's true. That's, I get. I don't know if I would have. They'll be like weird and like childlike forever. Like, oh, you're mm-hmm. sixty now, but you still look like you're twelve. They can use magic to make themselves look a little bit older, can't I? Senna does. Son, can you please make yourself look older for for me? <laughs> for <laughs> 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 um, okay, well there you go. Uh, we are all going for Garlemald, but that's a gar- non-imperial. Yeah, yeah, the good Garlemald, good Garlemald. If I knew they were bad guys, I wouldn't willingly be there. No, but I wouldn't hate living in the city. (laughs) If you know what I mean. I mean, I'm just living in the city. I mean, I'm not doing anything. You just happen to be born and live there. Yeah, you didn't really know. I didn't know. I I just. I'm a simple bread maker. I go I go to work at the Garlean bread factory. <laughs> I want to know what people like 
Nero and Sid and Lucia think when they like Lucia went from like Garlemald to living in Ishgard. Like what? what? Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, true, true. Jesus. Like at least uh, like Gaius went out and just started hunting, and Nero can hang around with Sid, so they've got like the ironworks factory. Yeah, to remind them of home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lucia has yeah. got it rough. <laughs> Yeah, she... <laughs> she's gone native. Yeah, that that must have been difficult. She was saved though by Emmerich or whatever. The That's true. Is. She's she's cool. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Moon Money Chan. Uh, we're all going for Garlemald. Yep. Okay, uh, that's uh, Mogmail out of the way. Uh, let's jump into uh, the um, the main story, which is the continuation of the Famitsu interview, uh, translated by Ark Morning. Uh, when we last left off, we had just started a new chapter, um, which is about which is which is called the actual words that Thancred mouthed. Um, if you didn't, if you want to watch part one, that would be episode two hundred and sixty-seven. Uh, the actual words that Thancred mouthed. Another favorite scene of mine is one that's considered a top uh, favorite amongst players. Uh, this this is Famitsu. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. This is going to feel very abrupt because we're just jumping in. <laughs> but yeah, Famitsu is yes. asking this. Uh, right before the final battle against Hades takes place in the dying grasp, we hear Ardbert scream, Take it! We fight as one! At the Warrior of Light, who was gradually transforming into a Light Warden after taking in too much light. This triggers the soul merging process, which prevented crisis from occurring. Thinking back, there was a moment where Emmett Selk struck a deal with the Warrior of Light with one condition being able to contain the amassed light within themselves. In the end, Emmett Selk concluded that the Warrior of Light failed this task, but by that point, the Warrior of Light and Ar Ardbert's soul had merged, so it technically means the Warrior of Light actually met Emmett Selk's requirements. I'd like to know if you can shed some light on this part. Uh, yeah. Yoshi... What? He's going straight in there. Yeah. Accusing him of lying. Yeah. <laughs> I've probably interpreted that part slightly differently to how you did. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Uh, first, Emmet Salak thought that if the Warrior Flight is truly unsundered, then it's a given for them to easily control even that large quantity of light. To Emmet Salak, there's an enormous gap between what he considers true human beings and what he calls pitiful, malformed creatures, which is humanity as we know it. The sentiment that absorbing just five or six of the Light Wardens contained light is enough to make you turn into a Sin Eater is the primary factor to his disappointment in the Warrior of Light. Okay, yeah, makes sense. Um, mm. <laughs> their, their response is, I see. <laughs> I love happy. how that's in there. <clears throat> While this is really, uh, Yoshipi continues, While this is really nuanced um, um, and difficult to convey, uh, what? While this is really nuanced and difficult to convey, but from the perspective of Emmet Selk, who possesses the knowledge of unsundered souls, he felt it should be easy to contain the light emitted by the Light Wardens, regardless of how fragmented the soul is. By the end, Emmet Selk thought, you are not a Zem, nor someone similar to a Zem. In the end, you were nothing but a failure. I am a failure. Yeah, there you go. Mm. Famitsu then says he so he judged the warrior of light to be a failure Yoshipi says that was the conclusion he came to if the warrior of light even with a fragmented soul could contain all of that light Emmet Selk felt he might have to re-examine his views on humanity itself this is precisely why he had to experience the journey himself 
he really thought that by joining hands with humans, he could have found a different solution to the methods that he and the Asians had taken up, uh, taken up until that point. Needless to say, Amit Selk has a very detailed understanding of the Warrior of Light's soul, and it is very similar to that particular person he held in high regard. But even so, the point that was made... The point that made him truly disappointed from the bottom of his heart was because of that uh, aforementioned incident. Those were Emmett Selk's true feelings. Do you think we'll ever merge with every uh, fraction of our soul? I feel like we've talked about this before. I don't think it's even possible at this point. We're yeah. already like halfway. You were halfway solid. there. Well, for us to be to do that, we. But then, isn't everyone else on AOC halfway resolved? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, no. Which is why because... magic started coming back into play, isn't it? Because we we were more. We're. Than well, yeah, I believe that applies to the, yeah everyone else is, but we also have Ardbert, which yes. yeah yeah where one Aeosian... the first didn't explode. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. If the first was rejoined, then everyone would be one more. But I don't yeah. know about the thirteen. How that uh, is that hasn't rejoined, has it? It's just broken. It's and we don't yeah, have it's ourselves from there. right now. Yeah. So we need to find out who ourselves from there is, which is Unukulai or whatever. Yeah. And merge with him. I don't think Unukulai also... is. No, is I don't. Think our... so, who else would it be? There's just some random. Well, <laughs> if you did the void quests, Mailer, if you had managed to to cap out one of every type of job. We mm. would know that Unul Kalhai definitely is not us. No. Ah, but do we know who is? No, but oh. that's... <laughs> Why would we? Well, that's just well I mean, the 13th is an interesting point there, because what do we do with that? That one's... We mm -hmm. can't rejoin with that world right now. We'd it's... have to visit and find us from there to rejoin. How do you... Re like... So you, you'd pull an Ardbert and be like... What does that mean? Would we? How do you rejoin with someone who's alive? Yeah, because we would have to. All our other shards have to be and dead. Then yeah, re I mean they're shard bound. You can't just go and be like, "Hey, you're me on on uh, on the source. Uh, join me, please. Merge with me." And then you just hug and they just enter you. That's you not have, how it you works. Have a, yeah. You have uh, you have a family and like a loved one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, doesn't matter. I'm doesn't sorry, matter. You, I need <laughs> your power right now. <laughs> yeah. Kill them and rejoin. Yeah. We need to chill. We need to charge our JL crystals. Come on, put it on. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be cool though if we ended up like a villain. JL crystals. Other worlds. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. That would be good. So do we? Do we? Ha do we just kill them? Is that how you rejoin? No, because we the well, planets Ardbert have to. Was dead and then rejoin. He, he was. He was dead already. Oh, he so was like, already. It's like his spirit. Yeah. So we Not have to like... have less spirit rejoin. So we have to. Yeah. So I we guess. kill them and then suck up their soul before they go to the live stream. Yeah. Because mm. I think that isn't that why we have to like blow up well, or like. I think. Yeah, go on. And then cause like but seven more calamities. If... Yeah. I feel as if the other shards of Azem seek us out when the other six shards were destroyed. Mm hmm. Potentially. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, uh, Amit Selk. Uh, so it's interesting that Emmett Suck was like, he was kind of reevaluating his plan. That's why he was there. He was like, maybe they are okay. And then he's like, no, <laughs> no, they're not. You all have to die. Um, okay. Uh, Famitsu says, so this means during the part after the souls were reunited, 
dot dot dot. Uh, Yoshida says, that's where my interpretation differs slightly. There's really no right answer to this. And how you personally feel about it can just as easily be the right answer. It's just a difference in interpretation. The moment where Ardbert mentioned, take my soul with you, indeed instigated the merging of two parts of the soul, bringing the warrior of light's soul one step closer to the strength of an unsundered. With that, they managed to suppress light and prevented it from going rampant. However, I would also suggest checking out what Yerstola said after clearing the dying gra uh, gasp, where she mentioned that the Warrior of Light's ether, which was badly ravaged by the light, seemed to have been offset by the dark. That's true. <clears throat> he was yeah. our devil to our angle. He was, yeah. I would say that he was our angle to our devil. Yes, that's true. But it still means we gained that much ether. It just was in balance. Yeah. So we can still contain a lot of ether. We're surely he should be impressed now. Emmett Selk should be impressed that we well, can have... Well, he's dead. He's so dead he, can't. <laughs> he can't be impressed. Um, Yoshi P says... Hey, he may, might have been impressed in his last few moments. Yeah. yeah. I hope so. Well, he kind like, of Well, was. that's cool. I'm going to die now. Yeah. Well, he, he was just... He wanted to be remembered. Yes. Oh. Hades unleashed his power. What was his name again? Uh, Emmett yeah, I've already forgotten him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I see. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I can't believe you've forgotten it. <laughs> I was real worried. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, hey. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't do what he... Uh, no, actually, I'm the one it who followed. so sincere. <laughs> yeah, I'm so like, how dare you? He told us to, to remember. Um, Hades unleashed... <laughs> Hades unleashed his power with all his might so that he might prevent humanity from robbing him and the other unsundered of their claim to the world. In response to that, the warrior of light struggled against his might by unleashing a large amount of light from within. That part is actually reflected in Hades' line during the trial against Hades, and the clash between light and darkness after the battle was the same as well. As a result, wouldn't this mean the Warrior of Light managed to balance both the light and darkness that resided within themselves? In other words, if Emmett Selk yeah. by any chance took a closer look at the series of exchanges in that situation, it might be possible to create a different interpretation. But of course, I won't say that this is the answer here. That's what I said, Yeshipi. Yeah? Yeah? Copy <laughs> um, cat. Yeah. Flamitsu says that was one of the various interpretations lying around. HP says, indeed, one among several possibilities. Famitsu says, I would like to follow up with one more question. <laughs> Throughout Shadowbringer's story, Thancred definitely went through a lot when facing the loss of important family members. Furthermore, that answer lies uh, with Reen, and it really was heartbreaking once players understood his feelings. Although I apologize that this doesn't turn out to be a question at all, I'd like to know Yoshida-san's thought about the whole matter. <laughs> oh my god, long, oh my god. Alright. <laughs> Here's Yoshida's uh, response. Asilla's feelings towards both Thancred and Flamin have, uh, here are indeed like a kind of replacement family, her brother and mother, respectively. To Thancred, Asilla is part of his family, and he felt he should respect her. Oh yeah, by the way, it's been a couple of it's been a few weeks. Asilla is Minfilia in the that's her real name. That's her original name from mm, like yeah. the early days. You uh, say Asilla, which is Asilia, Asilia, Asilia. Yeah. 
uh, is part of his family, and he felt he should respect her own wishes as much as possible. No matter how sad he felt, ultimately he felt he should respect her wishes and had an obligation to protect it. To him, this is what family is all about. On the other hand, Thancred also thought that he uh, should stop her wish. Uh, even stop her wish? How do you stop a wish? Even if it meant forcing his love on her. What? I'm sorry. I... Hold on. What? Um, let's... Mm. On the other hand, Thancred also thought that he should stop her wish, even if it meant forcing his love on her. So he was very uh, conflicted. You can't. Yeah, that. it's just saying that on one hand, he's like, yeah, I want to let Acilia do what she wants. And then on the other hand, he's like, but I don't want her to die. Yeah, okay. Yeah. However, Acilia truly believed that it was her mission and her life work to keep the light of hope alive for the sake of future generations. That's why Acilia thought that by having Irene walk alongside the Warrior of Light and Thancred, she would adopt the same hope and would want to pass it uh, on to the next generation. Therefore, facing the choice that Reen made, Acilia said something along the lines of, That self-same hope lives on in you. It gives me comfort to know that the future is in capable hands, and entrusted everything to her. Looking from Thancred's point of view, even if he felt the sadness of losing his family member, he didn't have a single regret. Um, although he managed to have a direct exchange with her. Flamin was, wasn't as lucky. However, I do believe that after returning to the source, Thancra did his best to explain what happened and how it ended up. In any case, if you try to look at the scene where Thancred collapses with arms and legs spread apart after the battle with General Ranjit, you'll find out that he was trying to extol all of his, feel, uh, all of his feelings on the matter. I was very particular about that part as well, so I ensured that the portrayal of how Thancred felt when sending Acilia away was done properly. I thought it would give you some idea of what kind of dialogue would fit in with the words Thancred mouthed at the time. He said whatever you wanted to say. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Um, that's, that's what he said. Whatever you want. Um, I'm quite interested in that part, so I'd like to check... Uh, on that once again, says Famitsu again. Very Japanese interview. Very Famitsu interview. Um, Yoshipi says, that was just me thinking of letting that person say that particular line if I were the one to make a choice here, but please do. Famitsu. Since Flamen is mentioned, do allow me to ask a question about her. I personally think that she's the saddest character in the story. <laughs> really? <laughs> In the, okay. in the final line in the side quest, One Final Journey, she said along the lines of, Rest now, Acilia, my dearest daughter. Personally, I w wish she would say something a lot. Here's what I think she should say, Yoshi P. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, even so, I wished she could have lived no matter what. What a weird thing to say. Okay, I felt surprised that Flamin accepted Acilia's fate so easily. What do you think about that? What? I don't well, think she's the. What you wanted a dramatic story. scene? She there was like I a. I feel like Philomene is one of the most grounded characters. Yeah. She understands that she went off on her journey, and she's, you know, she's a motherly figure, but she's very strong. She like. Yeah. She, I also, she can I also think that at the point that we tell her that Minfilia has truly moved on, like she's had like quite a while to get used to the fact that Minfilia is not around. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Oh, she's definitely not the saddest character. <clears throat> she's super strong. Yeah, she is. 
Um, Yoshida says, uh, It is probably because ever since the moment Acelia crossed over to the first and assumed her duties as the Oracle of Light, uh, Flamin was emotionally preparing herself to bid Acelia farewell. So because because Flamin placed all her uh, hope in Acelia, she was able to say, Rest now, Acelia, my dearest daughter, without hesitation. Personally, That's I'm not a... Said. What? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's what it, I said. Yeah. It's copying us. Personally, I am not a fan of stories about people pitying other people. Laughs bitterly. <laughs> I guess I get that concept. I think that's... Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you can avoid that in some writing sometimes. Yes. However, uh, Flamin isn't a character who would say something like that in front of the Warrior of Light. Exactly. It's like she's not like a... That's not her. So... Odd. Very odd. Uh, Flamin didn't cry enough uh, over uh, Minfilia. Uh, unbelievable. There are players who... She has had a hard life. She lost her daughter and her husband. Yeah, she's she's been yeah. through some shit before. So, Was yeah. that Warburton? Yeah. Well, Lena lost her no, grandpa. Warburton is Minfilia's mother. Uh, her yeah. father, sorry. Father. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what the name is. Flamin... What is Flamin's lover's name? Neil Fresner. Oh, Neil Fresner. Fresner. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Neil Thank Fresner. You, Do we say his oh, the no. e at the end? I don't know. Neil Fresner. Neil Neil Fresner. Um, all right. There are players who were wondering about that as well. Says Famitsu. Um, Yoshi P says that's why Fleming wouldn't say something like. Even so, I wish she would. She could have lived no matter the situation. To the Warrior of Light, who personally bid Acilia for farewell. Uh, Fleming is that kind of character, and the writers had a lot of trouble trying to write that scene. There you go. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Un the untold twists and turns of the Legacy 14 era. The next question isn't exactly related to Shadowbringers, but during the Digital uh, Fan Festival 2021's keynote presentation, it was mentioned that Final Fantasy, 14's one, uh, for Final Fantasy 14 1.0's original plans included six starting cities, Limsa Lominsa, Gridania, Ulda, Ishgard, Alamigo, and Old Charlian, which was just so Charlian. Was Charlian. What? what well, yeah, it was just yeah, Charlian. Yeah, it was just thought, Charlian. What, why are they just calling it Old Charlian? Because I don't think they were ever planning on Old Charlian being the well, city. Because it didn't exist back then. Well, I think they're on to the fact that, I mean, it was just Charlian, wasn't it? Yoshibi. <laughs> it was just Charlian. Um, each city included rough overall lore at the time. So I wondered if you already had an idea of what each city's story would look like when you took over. Yoshi P says, um, Iwao-san, uh, which is the lore designer for Final Fantasy XIV uh, 1.0, and Koji, uh, gone. He might still be involved. <laughs> obliterated. No, because it's, it's, it specifically says lore designer for 1.0, while Koji Fox is like, his. that's his to uh, current job. So uh, I think I don't think they're they're with us anymore. Uh, oh, did the uh, Discord just freeze? What happened? Are we all? <laughs> are we still on? Hello? Is this chat? It's just us. My speakers are. Hello? This is it. This is my chance. All right, everyone. Here is my plan for Final Fantasy fourteen. We have to remove all, uh, all, uh, everyone except for Hure, and 
we will uh, destroy, we will burn down Gridania. Uh, we will, uh, d d d I think we can keep Uldar as like, oh, hello? I'm here. Oh, hey. you're here. Oh. Yeah, I don't know what happened just then. I don't know what happened I, either. I assumed I it was me with a lag spike, so I just didn't say anything. Rollo still. I did as well. Uh, okay. Oh, there you are. That was oh, weird. Everyone's back. <laughs> hey. It changed the region to Europe. So maybe oh, that. that was the weirdest error we've ever had. <laughs> that was <laughs> strange. Everyone just stopped it... working, but we were still online. So I was just Is been here well, talking to Kenichi, chat. Would you class him as world concept planner? Because uh, if it is, this is the guy who did like the screenplay for Resident Evil and uh, like Parasite Eve and some. Well, he was more designer, but I don't know if that's oh, that's quite interesting. Yeah, I think it's I think Iwao Kenichi was the um, he was the Banrioda of the time. Even though Banrioda was still there, I think he worked. He was like coach. Nah, he there were there were two lore designers, I guess. There was Iwao Ken, Kenichi and Banrioda. Banyoda was below Iwao Kenichi, though, I think. Kenichi was in charge. Um, Koji Fox... Uh, okay, I'll start from the top. Uh, Iwao-san uh, and Koji Fox were the ones who worked on that, so the inner workings had already been completed, but stories connecting each individual city to the other didn't exist at the time. 1.0 was initially referred to as Rapture, and the ability to select one of six starting cities existed from the first development phase. This is probably my own assumption, but since Final Fantasy XI had three starting cities to choose from, I believe that's why they decided to create six starting cities for 1.0. Oh, they were ambitious. Yeah. Number go up. <laughs> uh, um, so says, you actually thought to double the number of starting cities, Yoshida said. Uh, something simple like that. Something simple like that. Each city had a defining mm. role that was already decided upon. For example, the lore behind the uh, academic city of Charlian is that it's the capital of knowledge, where all the world's knowledge is gathered. Ishgard, on the other hand, is where everything related to dragons and knights is found, and chocobos only inhabit that area. Something like that. Okay. Following this trend, we had Limsa Lominsa, the world's largest maritime city, Ulda, the city of sand, where the majority of Eorzea's wealth is gathered, gathered, Gridania, a city living in harmony with nature through communing with the spirits, and finally Alamigo, <laughs> a country engulfed in civil war oh, and nice. previously involved in numerous other wars, plus a revolution. These backstories were pretty mm. much set in stone, but to my knowledge, when I took over, there were very few stories at the time that connected each of the cities. At some points after the early stages of 1.0's development, we concluded that it was impossible to have six starting cities, so we reduced the number one by one. By the time Yeiko-san started writing the plot, the number of cities had already been reduced to somewhere around four. Yeiko oh. uh, Sado is the writer who worked on Eleven's Windurst missions, as well as the story for Chains of Promathia, one of, the Final one of Final Fantasy XI's expansions. After that, she was assigned to work on the main story for 1.0. She is currently working on writing the story for Eleven's The Voracious Resurgence expansion. Oh yeah, that's right. Eleven's getting a new expansion. I don't know if I've mentioned that, mm -hmm. but there you go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> what a time to be alive. It's exciting for her yeah. to be able to work on a story after so long. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, she's the, yeah. That was the main scenario writer. That's um, huh. Brings back memories. Okay. Uh, I think I'm gonna switch game. <laughs> I'm really excited. You like to make fun of Eleven, but I love that you're making fun of Eleven when Eleven is literally just striking back every time. They're getting a new expansion, Mela, <laughs> yeah. in the year of the so Lord, 2021. 
which is bizarre. Yeah, it is bizarre. I just wish Eleven was fun. Same. Same. They need. I play Eleven. So what do you mean same? Actually. I thought you liked the game. I well. <laughs> did you spend? Did you played all of it? And you didn't like it? Okay. I see you guys. You I always, always say that I like it, and I do. But I I recognize that it is not fun for new players. Okay. So, but did you have fun? It's it's acquired taste. Hey, Rollo, <laughs> That's not the question, he, Rollo, no, here's the, how you look at it, Rollo. He didn't know any better. That's true. That is that is well, exactly why. Because there were better games that came before it in uh, terms of controls. Yeah. Well, you are you're still obsessed with the controls, but you can change the control scheme, Mela. You played with click and drag, which I don't think anyone ever does. Uh, no, I only played that on the first time because that was the only option I could find. Right. But yeah. then I play with like wads. Oh no, like the arrow keys or whatever mm -hmm. stupid game is. <laughs> Rubbish. The problem is, it's not very intuitive. You have to get used to how the menu system works. But once you get that, once you know that, the game sort of flows quite nicely. Like you don't have to. It's a very good game to have on. Like if you if you're grinding in eleven, e easiest thing in the world. You can just have yeah, Netflix see? open and the game literally plays Mayla. itself. It's got, that makes me want to play it. Yeah. I want to see number <laughs> go up. Mela, I think he's describing a clicker game. Maybe you would like a level. You it might does sound actually. Like a clicker you game, might, Mela. Well, you still have to use involved. skills, uh, obviously. Well, if you choose like, like a like a melee DPS, you'd barely have to do anything, for at least the first 10, 20, 30 levels. Uh, I'm, lying. I'm lying. I'm <laughs> lying. <laughs> you still have to. You, it's not that good, uh, but yeah. Anyways, um, good luck, Eleven, uh, with your new expansion. May, well, they need a big expansion that just changes like a lot of the core gameplay, but I don't think they'll ever that'll ever happen. No. Sounds like a lot of effort at this point to yeah. change the core gameplay of a game from two thousand and one. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it, it can be done. They can do like a remaster, but I mean that's Ooh, a lot of. They've tried that once with Eleven. Yeah, yeah, with the mobile thing. Oh, that yeah, that crashed and burned. That's true. Anyways, back to the back to the story here. Um, so uh, yeah, Famitsu. So they were down to four, and then Famitsu says, even then, it still ended up being too many starting cities. Yoshida yeah, says, because Yaoko Sato reduced it even more. Uh, we decided she was the one that decided. No, that. I think that was a uh, just the the team. Uh, we decided that even. I think if... Yeah, go on. She probably would have preferred to keep it at six, to be honest. Yeah. Stupid. We, oh, yeah, I also want to say that that was what I said about 11. Just I have to protect myself against 11 players in, in the comments because they are there. I meant for it to like grow, you would need to make a fundamental change. If you don't want it to mm -hmm. grow, then you know, you can keep stay in the niche. I know a lot of people don't mm -hmm. want to play modern MMOs because they're, you know, all of them look and feel the same that is not my words uh 11 definitely is different <laughs> so if you want to try a mm -hmm. different very old school mmo 11 is it okay yeah right so uh, yoshida says we uh, we decided that even four starting cities is impossible it probably happened around the time where we had to decide whether to include ishgard or not we ultimately settled on three starting cities most likely we decided to cut ishgard because of uh, the gates of judgment that have served as its entrance from final fantasy 14 1.0 until now 
Um, that's why when I started working on 14, I asked them for a reason behind the lack of so many fantasy elements in this game, to which they replied, because all of these elements are found in Ishgard. <sighs> we locked them away. We what a different Tanaka with them. God, imagine 1.0 with six starting cities. Imagine how different the world lore would be because they i don't think they would be able to move anything like charlian would have been mm. where it is where it was in 1.0 everything would have been different also i mean he mentioned it briefly here he says that all you remember notice how he didn't say anything about garlians in alamigo originally yeah, garlemald wasn't even going to be invading it they were just in the civil war part mm. very interesting world we would have been introduced to um, alas, um, I think I think it's better this way, the way we have it now. I feel like it makes more sense the the way the world is built now. Um, okay, so the fantasy elements that makes up Final Fantasy all reside in Ishgard, and that important area did not exist back then. That's why you said Ishgard as the first expansion stage. Yoshida says that's right. After all, not only did the Gates of Judgment already exist, but Ishgard was already visible from the start. So players would probably think uh, it would be great if you could just open it. Which is true. Very true. Mm -hmm. uh, as I have mentioned before, that's that's also true because you never saw any of the other city-states. They were never, you never got to no. their areas. That's another... It was just there. That's another thing I haven't even thought about, is that we would have had other zones as well. Yeah. We would have had Girabania, and we would have had where's uh, Dravania? Or... Dravania, yeah. Well, maybe Dravania didn't exist uh, in one point. Imagine yeah. if they had like swimming in the locks, but like through all those swimming loading tunnels. <laughs> oh, would... That'd be so Rollo, good. Rollo, it would a hundred percent be on rails. It would probably be like a, a like an orb <laughs> that you would click on, and it'd be like swim down to you destination. Have to, like, wait, like actually two minutes while your character yeah. swims through these <laughs> yes. tunnels. Yes, and while you do that, everything is locked on screen. You can't access <laughs> menus or anything. Oh, great. Um, right, so um, as I've mentioned before, I personally believe that when releasing an expansion for an MMORPG, it's the signal for a new beginning. I felt that if we were to release an expansion, the only choice would be to start with Ishgard. Furthermore, A Realm Reborn lacked two game experiences at the time, swimming and flying. One <laughs> more important than the other. Uh, as Final Fantasy has a strong image of flying across the sky associated with it, that's why we added flying mounts to Heavensward. This is also where the keyword, keyword blue sky uh, is the Heavensward expansion's Japanese... Is where sorry. This is also where the keyword blue sky in the Heavensward expansion's Japanese name comes from. Um, okay, there you go. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought that Ishgard was intended to be the city for mid-level adventurers to come together, similar to Juno in Final Fantasy XI. She, so it's pretty surprising that the location was once a candidate to be a starting city. Yoshida says, I believe that the details weren't fully ironed out at the time as to whether all six cities would be starting locations or if they'd just be cities that the story would revolve around. Yeah, that's another point, is that if if all of those cities were meant to be starting cities, they would need to have, like, low-level mobs around them, like in the, in the area mm. surrounding them. That's a lot of just low-level shit in that world. That's true. So... But it's interesting because we don't have a Juno in this game, really. No, we don't. Even yeah. the expansion cap cities are like isolated from the whole game. You you wouldn't be able to run there easily. No, no, uh, that's true. 
yeah, it's um, well. I, I'm glad there's no Juno because I mean they tried to make 14 more different. I guess a lot of people yeah. would be like, "Oh, we even have a Juno in in 14. This game is an 11 clone, um, so we don't have to deal with that." Uh, okay, moving on. The f uh, can we move on? Yeah, we'll move on. The first, a world yeah. that was born from the idea of breaking out of boredom. Um, Famitsu says, ever since the early stages of A Realm Reborn, the existence of Ishgard and Alamigo has been referred to many times in the story. In contrast, the first, which players travel to in Shadowbringers, had very little prior information revealed. As a result, did you have more flexibility in shaping both the scenario and world than in previous expansions? Yoshida says, without a doubt, we did have more flexibility. However, players who have supported us since the old 14 days got to enjoy the fantasy elements in Heavensward's uh, story of dragons and knights. For me, it felt great for us to be able to achieve that. Famitsu says, what about Stormblood? <laughs> what about Stormblood? Well, yeah. Yoshida, no, how dare you start with this? Since Alamigo had yet to be liberated... <laughs> I felt it would be lo the logical next destination to go. Oh, did you now? Did you think that, oh, UGP? No, look, look at what he's about to do. However, to oh my god, how dare you? However, <laughs> Oda told me that he, uh, I should note that Alamiga would be a really small area. So I took the chance to combine the eastern region of Doma with Alamigo to create the Liberator's story. That doesn't make any sense. You can make Alamigo as big as you want. We haven't seen no. it. Yeah. <laughs> Oda said, Oda said it is small. How dare it you? It is fucking small. <laughs> Don't How you ever think you? otherwise. And what, lo what is the logic of going, ah, um, Alamigo, which is like, uh, is uh, the northeast. Let's just skip over Ilsebard all the way to the fucking far east and have a story in Othard, and then let's just alternate between the two, but with more emphasis on the East. Welcome yeah, to Stormblood, finally, story. the Alamigo expansion. East is the better part of Stormblood. What? Don't shut, shut your filthy mouth. Shut your filthy, filthy mouth. Um, Are you really saying the Alamigo story is the better part of Stormblood? Well, the Alamigo part is hardly anything. Of course, the eastern part is better. It's more fleshed out. Because that's what they wanted to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Yoshida-san, you're the one who came up with the concept behind Final Fantasy's expansion. Um, the task of deciding the base concept of what an expansion will include, as well as what kind of adventure the players will experience throughout, falls to me. Because of this, I felt that players got bored with the more conventional approach and formula after Stormblood's release. Prior to announcing Shadowbringers, I had predictions from players who thought we'd be hearing, sorry, would be heading to the Garlemald Empire or how the game would finally allow players to go to Charlian. So I felt it'd be better to subvert those expectations when we announce new content. As I've always said, I want players to be surprised every time, and so to fulfill that condition, we have to fight against players' boredom to achieve that. Of course, it is fun to assemble the puzzle pieces as they were laid out over a decade ago, but it's also a l but I'd also like to go off the rails sometimes and make everyone go, wait, what? Taking into consideration that we've created a universe 
where the original world has been divided into 14 parts and that we are developing everything from the ground up, I thought it would be a good idea to use the first of the worlds for this part of the story. That's where the concept for Shadowbringers was formulated from. Afterwards, I flipped the key concepts behind Hero and Warriors of Light on their heads. This gave me a lot of freedom. We're creating the landscape for Shadowbringers. When, sorry. When creating the landscape for Shadowbringers. Because of the main... Because the main theme was about a world being destroyed by a flood of light, it allowed me to take on new challenges. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, can you provide an example of some of the new challenges you took on? <laughs> One example... I've just learned... I learned that if you're, if you're just... Be, if you're quiet long enough, someone's going to say something. That's how I'm going to force you to, like, uh, That's say what you're something. Trying to yeah, do. yeah, yeah. <laughs> One you will have because <laughs> you will fight the silence. One example would be the story behind the Warrior of Light becoming the Warriors of Darkness, restoring night to the first. To illustrate this, we began with the idea of angels surrounded by a halo of light about to descend from the sky. It's true that we had more flexibility compared to previous expansions, but we tried to thoroughly maintain the foundation, a world that is mirror of the a mirror of the source. Despite Despite sharing the same original ether, this sorry, my computer is my window just flew around. Uh, despite sharing this same original ether, the separation of the world occurred over ten thousand years ago. This would have resulted in each world having a completely different history. To summarize, yes, ago seems more recent than I would have thought. No, ten thousand years. Yeah, yeah. No more, no less. Well, over 10,000 years, so it could be 10 million. I feel like he wouldn't have said over 10,000 if it was 10 million, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be He's just 50? He can't be bothered to pick an actual answer. Yeah, he probably doesn't That's know. Uh, to summarize, I tried to create a world that shared a similar... Uh, there's that word. Are we going for the, the French or the other version? The visage or visage? Visage? Visage for me. Visage. You say visage? I think Rolla would have said visage. Right? I would have said a visage. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. But I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm a freak. Visage. Well, he is you from are, Toronto. That's true. Rollo is from Toronto, so. <laughs> Similar visage of the original, but ultimately with very different histories. In line with the policy of a world that mirrors the source, Lakeland would be equivalent to the Silvertear Lake area in Mordona. Since Midgard's armor does not exist in the first, Bismarck would be there in its place. Although this Bismarck is a completely different... Wait, hold on. That's a big... No, that's, that's not a big... big conflation. That's... Hmm. Okay. Uh, although this so Bismarck... So instead of dragons, does the first have just space whales? <laughs> I guess. Uh... That is an odd thing to say, because... God, I think that yeah. he's just saying that's that That's a they... conversation we've all had yeah. recently. Yeah. He just wanted something there that, you know... Maybe cause... the equivalent of the dragons on... First is the Fae? Because where do they come from? Yeah. Could be. Or maybe he's simply saying because there's no... There's no... Like, he you know, isn't there. Spaceship with yeah. Midgard. There was never him. a Battle of Silvertear Skies, so... Or they just wanted something there similar. So. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You can put you can put them there. Yeah. Oh, our landmark in the middle of our lake is much more impressive. Yeah. Bismarck uh, sleeping yes. in the middle of... Fly too close lake. to it! <laughs> True. <laughs> Although this Bismarck is a completely different existence to the one from the source, we retained its whale design base in accordance with the rules we set ourselves from the beginning. All right. Uh, okay. So the Lakeland... So Lakeland was based off Silvertear Lake. Famitsu. 
Come Obviously, on. for Mitsu. Yes. On, Yoshida. The lake is called the source. <laughs> Yoshida says. That's right. Dummy. On top of that, you'll notice that there are many purple trees in Lakeland, while the area surrounding Crystal Tower and the source also use purple. So we actually brought some elements from the source into the first as well. I never actually thought about that, but that, that makes sense. Yeah. Their purple looks a lot more natural uh, than ours. Yeah, that's true. Um, in some ways, that's true, but like. They also the have green trees. Mordona. Yeah. Certainly didn't have purple. No. That's so, true. So that That's the true. Tower is the cause of purple. Hmm. Yeah. Source That'd of all purple. Interesting. Yeah, because the the pre blown up Mordona was just lush and green. So. Green. So yeah. does that mean Lakeland used to be nice and green until Grahatia, God rest his soul, brought the Crystal Tower over and purpleified it? <laughs> The crystal exile, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, that is uh, That feels like it could... It, it, um, I mean, it's never explained... I mean, we'll obviously never have that explanation in-game, but what uh, Yoshida said there doesn't make sense because that would imply... The implications that purple because of Mordona doesn't make any sense because Mordona wasn't always purple. Mordona was actually. I think it's just. I think what he's trying to make is a visual cut. It's a similar, yeah. uh, like it's not more, but like it. It's yeah. phrased interestingly. Yeah. On the other hand, Ilmeg is based on Curthus before the seventh Umbral Calamity caused it to freeze over. Therefore, we strengthened the fantasy colors that were part of the original Ishgard and its surrounding areas, and made it a place for fairies to live in. Ilmeg is definitely brighter than 1.0 Curthus, uh, especially before you get your. Night back. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, God. Those were the days. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I prefer um fog ilmeg. The foggy ilmeg. <laughs> That's Silent Hill. Ugh. Silent Ilmeg is my favorite. My <laughs> uh, dead fairy wife. <laughs> Silent Ilmeg. A dead fairy can't write a letter. Have you seen a woman? Uh <laughs> Uh, if that's the case, then it's the Raktika mm. Greatwood. What is the Rock? Oh my God, Famitsu! Have you even? Do you know anything? Did he play the game? If that's the case, <laughs> then is the Raktika Greatwood equivalent to the Black Shroud? I think this is related to that. There's a thing in Japanese like <clears throat> conversation where you say things that are specifically to trigger the other person yeah. to say other things, but in English it translates quite strangely. Yeah. Ishida says, that's right, although it is a completely different forest to its counterpart. Compared to the source, where the Black Shroud is filled with tranquil and solemni solemn solemnity, Raktika Greatwood is a forest that has been completely taken over by jungle-like growth. From within, from, within you, from within, you find people living in the hollows of trees. I wanted to create that kind of setting within Raktika. Famitsu says, so, <laughs> so Amarang is Thanalan, I take it? <clears throat> As you can imagine, we brought over elements of Thanalan into Amarang. There was a place called Nabatharang, which thrived in the same way as Ulda, that was destroyed by the fl uh, flood of the floor, the flood of light. light. And then we have Yulmor. I say it's like, okay, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna ease your pain here. Then we have Yulmor, <laughs> which is, of course, based on Limsa Laminsa. The shape of the structure was designed with the images of Limsa Laminsa in mind. Uh, Famitsu says, instead of using uh, reusing Miss and Mast's base, was Yulmar built from scratch? Yoshida says, that's right. 
because it's a building that has existed since 1.0, there would have been issues with transferring it over if we have brought it as it is. So in the end, we had to rebuild it from scratch. We wanted to retain the right atmosphere for Yulmore while also making it flashy and decorative. On top of that, we positioned Yulmore as an entertainment district where wealthy people gather and live out the rest of their days in this twilight world. The premise around this area was designed during Shadowbringer's story, Writing Retreat. As for the Tempest, while on the retreat, we decided to put it on hold and use it, depending on how the story's flow ended up. What? That That's makes that uh, you know what I that makes sense because it is kind of random that Amarot is underwater. Like it could be anywhere, but I think they mm -hmm. were like, "Oh, I want this cool underwater setting," uh, but they're like, "Ah, oh, we don't know where to put this. Like, where, how do we use this?" Mm. It feels like it, you know. Yeah, go on. I'm curious as to what other potential final location ideas they had. Mm. Yeah. If the Tempest wasn't the only one. Yeah. Um, Maybe like an equivalent of Dravania or yeah, Agarabanya or something. I have a or feeling like somewhere out in the flood. I have a feeling. Remember the f we have the continent we don't know the name of that looks like Amarot. I mean, that could have been like I. It could, Amarot we got in Shadowbringers might as well been up in the air, but maybe they thought mm. we already have like Mount Golg, like that's already like up in the sky element, so maybe underwater is a better, I don't know. Mm. Um, okay, uh, how did the development process continue from there? Uh, she says, the usual process in developing an expansion is, after deciding on a f uh, foundational theme, to have a three-day retreat with myself and the story writing team at a nearby rental conference space. Oh god. The hotel locking up thing. Yeah. <laughs> Every expansion. Yeah. Um, Famitsu says, in other words, it was a story writing boarding house. Yoshida says, yes. During the retreat, we decide on the story outline. For example, let's start here. And once we do this and fulfill our task, uh, we'll move on to the next part. Early stages of the game's fundamental experiences will be laid out as well, such as a certain number of bosses may be required here. By doing so, we can discuss various ideas and topics, such as let's utilize this feedback we received previously and add mechanics like this here. During past story retreats, Ishikawa would keep a record of meeting minutes, and through that, the main story staff members would utilize her notes as a basis for developing the initial story plot. By doing so, they work on ironing out any elements that might create plot holes. Afterwards, we decide on who writes the actual scenario. That was the overall flow. Poor Ishikawa. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the assignment of responsibilities was made from there, says Famitsu. Yoshida says assignments differ each time, so we do not have a set decision beforehand, and negotia negotiations are customary throughout the process. During Stormblood, both Oda and Ishikawa would split tasks, and both of them would write the story. During Shadowbringers, Ishikawa offered to write it, saying, If I could write everything, I'd like to give it a try. So we entrusted the task to her. 14's development respects the wishes of whoever is in charge of the project, so if there are volunteers, it often ends with, Okay, go for it. Once all the decisions have been made, the team begins requesting the creation of open-world fields in bits and pieces. Oh my god. How does that, that process work in detail, asks Famitsu. <laughs> Yoshida says, after, leveling, after telling the leveling design team and background team, henceforth referred to as the BG team, the number of new zones required for the expansion the and telling them... The BGs, yeah, the BGs. Um, and telling them each zone's theme, we'll first ask the art team to work on the concept artwork for the new zones. 
At this stage, rather than trying to describe the plan in detail, it's more giving the art team the overall image we have in mind. As an example, for Ilmeg, we told the team it's a wonderland inhabited by fairies. After, we expand further by giving details such as Ilmeg having the same uh, etherical composition as Ishgard, and thus even though the landscape has similar traits, such as steep cliffs, <laughs> steep cliffs yes, there are also cliffs. unique facets, such as cascading waterfalls and beautiful lakes. We relay that in uh, information once uh, to the art team and let them draw however, to draw however in their preferred manner based on the explanation. Once the task is complete, the scenario team and I will come together and lay out work created by the art team so that we can discuss our preferences and decide where we'll land. After discussing the zone, the level design and uh, BG teams will work together to outline the zone's general area using a blank map. Afterwards, they gradually embed their ideas into the same map. Of course, we provide them with the minimum information necessary in order to design the scenario, but anything other than what we've provided mostly comes from their own ideas. The BG team always has someone in charge of each area, so we create polygon mockups, full-scale prototypes, and work with that person to create ideas and stories revolving around that zone. So, uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing yeah. more to add to that. Yeah. Yeah, they work on each zone separately, and then yeah. they work together to bring them together. Yes. That's nice. Then, Makes sense from a writing standpoint. Yes. Famitsu then says, I remember we were shown a document with information regarding new buildings, its location, and many others on the map prior to the release of A Realm Reborn. Yoshida says, it's the same thing here. We're still following that approach for Final Fantasy XIV. Um, mm -hmm. There you go. A little look into... Um, the creation process for 14. Uh, we, we've sort of heard this before. They kind of do this every expansion. They ask about how shit is made. Um, I do like that um, they sort of make... That the map is sort of made without like too much influence by like what's going to happen in the story. It sort of makes mm -hmm. it... Yeah. Uh, you make the setting and then the story. Yeah. With it, or, you know... To mold around it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like it. Well, like you're in like a in some games, it's clear that the story is sort of written before the map, and then the map is molded around the story. Final Fantasy Thirteen. <laughs> I didn't want to you mention any like names. Any, you can but, say about any Final Fantasy game. You can say about ten. You can say that Last about time. ten as well, but I think thirteen is the most glaring <laughs> issue uh, here. I like the glaring mm -hmm. example because it. The world doesn't really feel like it's like real, <laughs> but it's like, oh, this is for the story. <laughs> this whole thing exists for the story. In fourteen, it feels like the world exists, exists, and the story has just unfolded on this world. But yeah, yeah it's a different feeling. Um, okay, I think that's where we have to uh, to stop. Um, mm -hmm. We'll get back to this. We only have like two more. We have like one section left. There's not much more. There's left. three, you, actually. Oh, there's three. three. There's three sections. There's it's just three not... sections left. We got through three today, so it's probably okay. a whole other podcast episode. All right. I, I'll say we'll we'll get back to this. Um, uh, maybe next week again, actually. Um, I would depending. like to try and get it done before the expansion comes yeah, out, to uh, be we'll honest. See. Yeah. We'll see. Well, it, we can't promise anything because things can change. No, because we, yeah, we don't know if there's going to be actual news. <sighs> 
Um, okay, but um, that's where we'll wrap this up right now. Um, thank you for watching, everyone. We'll be back ne uh, next week. Same time, same team, same place. Uh, <laughs> remember to follow on Twitter at speakersxv, twitch.tv slash speakersofheld, and youtube.com slash speakersxv. Exclamation Discord in chat if you want to join our Discord server. If you're watching on demand, link is in the description. Remember to watch the post show, which is coming up right now if you're watching live. If not, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. 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 You've just listened to an episode of Speakers of Heidelin, produced by Speakers Network. Producer for this episode was Lukeel Bravestone. Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy XIV is a registered trademark of Square Enix Holding Company Limited. If you would like to support the show, consider pledging to our Patreon campaign at patreon.com speakersxiv or buy some merch at teespring.com stores speakersxiv. Link to both of these sites, as well as our Discord server, is provided in the episode description. Thank you for listening to this Speakers Network production.